forgot to mention earlier, there, there are uh, activity sheets in the foyer. Uh, I know Tammy, Tammy would uh, want me to mention that. Uh, if, you, if your kids are getting restless or you're looking for something for them to do, that is there. Now, don't set a stopwatch or a timer, and if I go over 10 minutes, boo me or throw tomatoes or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, I probably will be shorter than what you're used to, uh, even for me on a Sunday. Um, but it is what it is. So in the insert in your worship folder, you'll see the passage this morning is from Luke chapter 14, beginning in verse 7 and reading to verse 11. Uh, we are still in a series on humility. So... And we're going to be in humility for a while. So if you don't want to hear about humility, you got to find somewhere else to go. Um, I encourage you to not do that because, because uh, this is a topic that the church, Christians, uh, we all need desperately. Uh, and so it's our burden to continue to talk about it. Uh, Luke 14, uh, beginning in verse 7, reading to verse 11, hear God's word. Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Would you say with me, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. So on the back side of the insert in the worship folder, you'll see the outline. Uh, two points as we talk about and look at what it means to hurry to the low place with Jesus. Why is it important to hurry to the low place with Jesus? Because naturally you don't want to hurry to the low place. You want to hurry away from the low place. Uh, we structure our lives and do all that we can to move in the opposite direction of the low place. Uh, but I, I, I want to hopefully convince you that Jesus, because he's there, wants you to hurry to be with him. Uh, he came low to rescue us, and following him means a life of lowliness. Uh, that's kind of the summary there. But look at uh, these two points. The first is uh, social currency and how Jesus has really taken this opportunity to turn the culture of the day on its head. And then secondly, uh, how is it that faith in him motivates us to a life of, of, uh, of lowliness, a life of humility? Because what he says, and I'm going to go back to the uh, reading of the law passage because it is, for me, it's one of the most powerful three or four verses in all the Gospels uh, because it so pinpoints uh, the core of our struggle and our issue uh, and why we have such an allergic reaction uh, to humility. Uh, but those two things, okay? So first, uh, social currency. Now, he's at a dinner party. 
If you go back up, it'd be helpful if you have a Bible open uh, in verse 1 of chapter 14. One Sabbath, when he went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully, as they love to do. So what you learn here is, A, Jesus likes to go to parties. Thank you. So Jesus would have probably been at your New Year's party, right? Uh, but when he was invited to the house of a ruler of the Pharisees or to any Pharisee's house, he almost always, we find him going. Not standing from afar and judging them or talking to them about how terrible they are. He goes uh, to where he's invited. Uh, and so as he's there, they're watching him carefully, and he does this healing, okay, and then he begins to kind of sit back and observe people. He was great at people watching. It's one of his favorite pastimes. So those of you who enjoy people watching, either at a theme park, which is probably number one, uh, or the airport, uh, and if you were flying southwest in the last week, you had plenty of time to uh, watch people, right, uh, unfortunately. But it's one of his favorite pastimes. He loved to do it. So here he is at this dinner party, and he's telling this parable to the guests. Now, there's um, a lesson in the person of Jesus study where Paul Miller goes through uh, this very awkward dinner party. Because in verse 7, he tells a parable to those who are invited as he's watching them. And then in the next passage, again, if you have a Bible, it's helpful. Verse 12, he then talks to the host. I mean, who does that? Either of those right? But we're looking at uh, 7 through 11, where he looks at the people who are, be who are invited, and what he does is watches them jockey for position at prominent places at the tables. And in Jesus's day, society's very much driven by a shame-honor dynamic. So every social interaction or event was an opportunity to earn and save up currency or lose it. So if you got to sit in places of honor, you would have something to boast about. Your social credibility, your social currency, your prominence would increase, right? And if you were a failure or a nobody or you sat in unprominent places, you wouldn't have anything to boast about. And in fact, your social credibility would decrease. You'd lose points. So every social interaction is a, is a way to either gain points or be denied points, to rise up on the scale of I'm I can boast in my position, or I'm a failure, I have no position, or I incur more honor as I am, you know, put up at the front of the, uh, the room or at the head table, or I incur shame if I'm sitting at the back. So Jesus says, when you're invited to a wedding feast, don't find an honorable seat, right? He says to them, verse 8, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor. Don't assume, he says, you're the mo you are the most important or significant. Instead, assume that someone more distinguished or significant than you is coming. Do you hear that? Whenever you go to a social interaction, always assume someone more significant or important than you is there. We meditated on Philippians 2 last week on Christmas Day, and in verse 3 of chapter Two, Paul says, in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Because, let's be honest, you ain't doing that outside of humility. You've got to be inside humility 
to be able to count others more significant than yourselves. So Jesus says, always assume that we aren't the most significant person in the room. And if that is your posture or attitude, then you won't select, he says, the place of honor, the front of the room, the most prominent place. You will, he says, um, do the opposite. Now, the motivation here, what's the motivation? Well, pride's motivation is the place of honor. He says, when you go, don't sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by the host. Verse 9, and he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. So Jesus' promise is, if you start with honor and pride, you'll get shame. You'll get humiliation. So if you want to start high, you'll be moved low. And most likely, this will happen sooner rather than later. I mean, everybody is scared to death of shame or of embarrassment or of social faux pas. You know, we call them party fouls. I'm smiling because I'm good at those. And my, my, uh, my, my wife is very gracious, or sometimes not so gracious, <laughs> kicking me under the table, letting me know that I've committed a social faux pas. But everybody is scared to death of those things, right? We hate those things. It's embarrassing. And Jesus says the surefire way to experience shame is to start high and be moved to a lower position. Proverbs 16, verse 18, a verse that many of you know well. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Right? Go back to verse 11. It's a verse, this gospel maxim that we have been repeating again and again and again throughout our study on humility. Everyone who exalts himself will be what? Humbled. Okay, so instead, Jesus says, the most honorable thing you can do is sit in the lowest place. That's the surefire way to experience honor and not shame. Because humility's motivation, what's driving humility, is moving toward or seeking out or hurrying in the direction of the low place. And so he says, if you're motivated by humility toward the low place, his promise is exaltation and honor. So you start low and you move high. Now, here's the thing. No one knows when or how. It's up to God. So don't assume that if you pursue the low place habitually in your life, well, Jesus has promised me exaltation and honor. So it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And pretty soon you start asking, when is it going to happen? What is taking him so long to exalt me or honor me? Well, <laughs> I mean, at, at that point, you're probably moving toward, again, my, my guy that uh, got the humility medal, and then they took it away when he started wearing it, right? Your, your humility, Tim Keller said, humility, very shy. You start talking about it, it goes away. So, He's saying, start low, no one knows when or how, but I promise you, back to verse 11, everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus Christ humbled himself, therefore God exalted him. But what did his exaltation come after? Death. 
that's his call to the ones invited to this party, and it's his invitation to us as well. He says, you, verse uh, 10, when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, not the low place. I should have titled the sermon, Hurrying to the Lowest Place with Jesus. My bad. When you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. You don't know when, you don't know how, but if we are moving uh, behind him in following him and walking in his footsteps, then his promise is, humble yourself and you will be exalted. But look at what happened to Jesus as he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him, Paul says in Philippians chapter 2. Jesus doesn't say that we should ignore our desire for honor or for glory. We've been made for glory. We're wired for it. We've just got the source of it and the place where we find it all wrong. Right? That's, that's our problem. And he takes this opportunity as he watches these people moving around the room or considering where they're going to sit as an opportunity to say, you guys are doing it all wrong. Now, look at the law passage from John chapter 5. And what Jesus is saying uh, here, among other things, is you and I are hungry for glory. Like, we desperately want it. We desperately desire it. So go back to that uh, law passage. It's in your worship folder. John 5, verse 41. I'm going to read it again. I do not receive glory from people, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I've come in my Father's name, and you don't receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How? How can you believe? When you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God. Jesus seems to say that faith is impossible when we're feeding on glory from others. He says, how can you believe? I, I, I guess it's a rhetorical question of how can you, you can't. How can you believe you can't believe when you are receiving glory from one another, and not seeking the glory that comes from the only God. When compliments and approval are the energy bars, so to speak, that we're feeding on, he, he, he says, you, you, you can't believe. Andrew Murray, again, from this great book on humility, he says, as long as we take glory from one another, notice that word, take. As long as we take as long as we suck glory from one another, as long as ever we seek and love and jealously guard the glory of this life, the honor and reputation that comes from men, we do not seek and cannot receive the glory that comes from God. Drew talked about this last week, sin grasping, right? Sin pursuing a God-like complex and state and wanting what only God has or can be. And that's where things get really wonky for us, right? He says, as long as we are taking, we won't be able to receive. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and you do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Because Jesus Christ didn't need to be filled with glory from people. He was content to dwell in the low place. 
Because he was filled with the love of his father within him, he was motivated by the father's glory. He sought to make the father glorious. And the most obvious place for him to do that was the lowest place, which of course was the cross. There, back to Philippians 2, uh, these things are all so wedded together it's hard to not refer to uh, previous passages and, and the like. Uh, over and over again, but there at the cross, he became nothing and in turn unleashed the floodgates of the Father's love and glory to fill you and me and all who would humble themselves before him by faith. And here's the thing, if Jesus is our glory and he's in the low place, then the place we experience the glory we so desperately desire is with him, there. And when the wonder of Jesus rushing to the low place for you captures your heart, then you'll have all the motivation and joy you need to continually move in that direction too. It is being filled with and being captivated by the wonder of him moving to the low place for you that becomes the fuel for you to move to the low place yourself and in turn for others, and to become a person who, instead of taking glory, because you are filled with it and receiving it from God the Father, you begin to not take it, but dispense it, distribute it, bless, and bring glory to others. If he's our glory, and he's in the low place, the place we experience the glory that we so desperately need and desire is with him there. The low places where the glory is. Again, Andrew Murray says, true humility has a wonderful gladness and glorying and pleasure in all that humbles. I mean, what a weird person that finds gladness and glory and pleasure in things that humble them. Because, of course, the place, unfortunately for us, that we often find or experience humility is humiliation. And as we've said, Jesus' life, the theologians say, from birth to the cross is his humiliation. One continuous life, day in and day out, week in and week out, year in and year out of humiliation. Because he came low to rescue us. But the promise is that going to the low place becomes a habit that we actually enjoy. Okay? So what I want to finish with is reading something to you from, uh, again, this book, Humility, by Andrew Murray. Uh, we can't recommend it enough. Uh, but I, this is kind of a prayer encouragement to you. Uh, and I couldn't have said it any better, so I just want to read it over you. He says, Believer, claim in faith the death and the life of Jesus as thine. Enter in his grave into the rest from self and its work, the rest of God. With Christ, who committed his spirit into the Father's hands, humble thyself and descend each day into that perfect, helpless dependence upon God. There's that word, descend, going low. God will raise thee up and exalt thee, sink Sink 
every morning in deep, deep nothingness into the grave of Jesus. Every day the life of Jesus will be then manifest in thee. Let a willing, loving, restful, happy humility be the mark that thou hast indeed claimed thy birthright, the baptism into the death of Christ. By one offering, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified, which is a verse from Hebrews. The souls that enter into his humiliation will find in him the power to see and count self dead and as those who have learned and received of him to walk with all lowliness and meekness, forbearing one another in love. The death life is seen in a meekness and lowliness like that of Christ. What a great way to start the year. Thinking about how you and I can run headlong, descend intentionally, joyfully, gladly to the low place because it's where he is. And when we're there, we image and reflect him. And as we live there, glory, glory becomes something we don't need. But because we're so full of the receiving of it from him, we become a people who are full of encouragement and glory toward others and lifting up and honoring all the things that we long to receive uh, but are often empty. Uh, and so we need to be filled from some other source than him. But that's his good news to us. Uh, and that is where we truly will find the grace of humility. So let me pray. I don't know how long that was. Um, but my prayer is always that it is helpful to God's people. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for humbling yourself and becoming obedient unto death, even death on a cross, for hurrying to the low place, for coming low, for making yourself small to rescue us. And in doing that, to then make it possible that we might be exalted with you and in you and for you. Thank you for showing us the way, and we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would enable us, that you would fill us with the glory that comes from the only God and that it in turn would fill us with faith and we wouldn't need the glory. We wouldn't need to receive the glory. We, we wouldn't need to hijack the glory that only belongs to you from other people for ourselves. But from, from that place, we would live content and filled full of peace, full of grace, full of honor for others, as you were. So make that, make that part of us, and as we begin a new year, would you so weave that into our lives together as your people, that our city would see it, that our county would see it, that our state and country and world would see it, and many would come to know and believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Uh, we say each week when we come to this point in the service with the benediction, receive these words. Uh, and so if your faith is in Christ, uh, you are filled. And if you come or you leave with a place from a place of having been filled uh, and not emptied, 
then you only have to give and not take and receive. Uh, and the source for that receiving, right, that Jesus is the glory that comes from the only God, is God himself. Uh, and so we send you out with these words, filling you, uh, even if it's for five minutes till you get to the car, right, to be then going back to him over and over and over again, right, day in and day out, and asking him to fill you rather than be filled with the glory that comes from people. Uh, and so, Happy New Year. Take these words. May they lodge deep down uh, into the depths of your soul. And may we, as his people, uh, come to him, uh, to the altars. We just sang from, as, as Drew said, a place of honesty. We can be open about who, who we are wherever we are. Uh, but to come expecting to be filled because that is his heart toward us. So receive these words. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace both now and forevermore. Amen. Go in his peace.